Worldview Update, bringing you closer to international or global news. Let's get an update on the Ukraine-Russia war. Uh, Ukraine has attacked Russia. There's been a change of prisoners as well, thanks to the UAE mediation. Gideon Chitanga is watching all of that. Research Associate, African Center for the Study of the United States at the University of the Vidvatisrand. Gideon, good morning to you. Thank you very much for joining us. Let's start with these prisoner exchange. 230 freed from Russia, 248 Russians released by the Ukrainians. Does, does that have any big meaning? I want to feel as if it's a thaw, but then it's not really because there's still plenty bombing happening. Yes, I think that um, these uh, exchanges of uh, prisoners, they at least give a sense that there's some diplomacy happening e- e- despite the effect that... Um, the conflict itself is continuing, and um, it feels a bit like uh, the nature and level of attacks uh, point to a conflict that is um, showing some signs of uh, a deadlock in the sense that uh, the attacks are happening, but uh, you don't get a sense that any either of the sides is making any serious gains that are likely to uh, swing or change the, the, their calculus in this uh, conflict. Um, what is key, I think, is the, the fact that uh, the, the exchanges have been, a, say, a trend uh, as this conflict, uh, since the conflict started. Uh, I think um, it's this stage, a lot of uh, people are looking to see whether uh, the attacks by Russia are going to expand beyond the scale where they are now and what that would mean, whether it would reverse the gains that um, Ukraine had made mm-hmm. since it escalated um, its counterattacks or its offensive. Russia, uh, it was one of the largest Russian missile strikes in the war over uh, the weekend. It started last Friday and went into the weekend as well. 25 people dead, more than 100 injured. Uh, Russia have changed their tactics. They, they, they now back into the center of Ukraine again. They're, they're bombing or missed, they're attacking Kiev. Yes, he, obviously, he, I think in one sense, this is a, a way of trying to... He, take advantage of various uh, factors. One, to exert more pressure on Ukraine at a time when it is increasing uncertainty about whether Western support will continue, and if it does continue, whether it will continue to be as united as it was. Uh, is the U.S. going to be able to sustain its uh, uh, funding towards Ukraine? Is the EU going to be united in continuing to fund Ukraine. These sector, sectors are quite cri- critical for the, I think, morale in the uh, Ukraine army as well as uh, the Ukraine citizens themselves who are now, uh, uh, I think, very much fatigued by the war. So the escalation would be a way of putting pressure uh, in a way, uh, I think, that uh, forces or tries to exert Russian pressure for both either a political solution through any dialogue at any moment, which will probably set off 
preferable conditions for Russia if that were to happen at any time for now. And uh, obviously, Russia demonstrating its uh, committed will to continue with the war until it achieves its goals as uh, the president of uh, Russia says. The other dimension is international, really. I think that um, there is a credibility issue that is uh, very much will be dividing world opinion over Ukraine, which implicates the role of the Western global community in in the conflict in Gaza, particularly the wanton violation of our all aspects of international law and the destruction of um, of Gaza by uh, Israel. And um, this uh, relates to the claim that the West is helping Ukraine to uh, to protect its uh, national sovereignty and self-determination. But at the same time, the West is complicit in the destruction of uh, Palestine, uh, where the Palestinian people are seeking the same values the same protections from the international law and the, they are threatened by what they see as a colonial power and i think russia will continue to take advantage of um both their perception that the west is double-faced and in a very interesting way also that view will continue to divide particularly the west and much of the global south in the way they will relate in uh, viewing conflicts and uh, Western foreign policy going forward. Uh, let's talk about the finances for a while. This bombardment on the, twi- on the 2nd of January for, by Russia, $620 million, according to Forbes magazine. The attacks on the 29th of December cost $1.27 billion. Does Russia still have the money and the finances and, and to continue stockpiling weapons and continue these kind of attacks? Interestingly, there is no evidence to suggest that the, the Western sanctions on Russia have effectively uh, undermined its ability to sustain its capability. At least what we see is uh, is speculation to the fact that uh, uh, the intention of the West to 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 undermine the, the capacity of Russia is working, but I don't think so. I think uh, uh, Russia is too big, uh, both economic-wise and uh, uh, militarily, to at least uh, fail in a period of uh, two years. If there are going to be uh, any financial consequences, they will likely be very long-term probably some years after the war. At the moment, it also looks like Russia is capable of uh, uh, using other means uh, other than entirely relying on its um, uh, 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 arms within the country. Uh, There have been reports of uh, uh, Russia seeking assistance from Iran and uh, North Korea, although not substantiated. But I strongly believe that uh, President Putin has some leeway uh, to keep going, to keep uh, the military equipped, uh, to keep uh, the necessary needs in terms of uh, the infrastructure that is needed and the arms that is needed flowing. Uh, this is a war that uh, Putin has put so much in, and I don't think that um, it can be like a second-level priority. 
Then let's talk about Ukraine's defenses. Uh, a lot of what they're doing now is is they've got anti-aircraft guns that are getting rid of the drones and maybe some of the missiles that are coming in. The the EU is failing to produce or failed to produce half of the artillery shells that they promised. As you mm. mentioned, uh, America are betwixt and between as to how they support this. So how are Ukraine doing? How are their supplies? This, this is a bit of a conundrum because the Ukraine does not uh, produce much of the military way that it, it means. It has to rely on other European countries and the U.S. And the problems are partly, as we hear from the reports, the levels of production of production are not really meeting the demand. The use of the arms, some of the critical arms, there's a sense that um, they are not being uh, efficiently and effectively used in and within Ukraine. And uh, I think as of last week, there were reports which seemed to suggest that Ukraine is facing a, a shortage and has to innovate. There are a lot of regulations that govern the processes that uh, at least allow the release of some of these uh, arms or much-needed um, uh, shells, for example. And uh, this is a problem that uh, Ukraine had, have had to deal with since the uh, outbreak of the conflict. I'm not sure whether there's any way that um, Ukraine could have uh, prepared itself for this situation in a better way than it is in now, because the European uh, Union, I think as much as uh, the U.S. did not really anticipate that this conflict would happen, and if it did happen, would get to the level where it is now. So we'll have to see what the policymakers in the in the U.S. Uh, and uh, the European Union, and indeed the bureaucrats and military experts, are going to work around this uh, if they are going to be able to boost uh, the broader support providing aid and particularly and specifically military aid in a way that would cover the whole needs in the in the Ukraine. Uh, let's talk about on the ground. I mentioned Kiev being attacked by many missiles, 500 missiles and drones against Ukraine in the last five days. But it's not just the capital. And if I have a look at the towns out of the northeast, down south as well, the southern coast, far west, all suffering strikes as well. So mm. Russia intensifying. And because of that, then the Ukraine have even attacked Russian cities. So it's not necessarily a defense anymore. But when you're, you're attacking a, a Russian city, which they said they wouldn't, what does that mean for the conflict? Two things are happening. So the, the Russian calculation is basically to accept pressure and to shift the, the, the calculations by the Ukraine government, I think which are very much still steeped in the logic of the counter-offensives that started a few months back. But hitting into 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 uh, russian occupied territories and uh, also uh, some cities in russia is i think for ukraine taking back the war into russia in a in a psychological way because i don't think that the the attacks really uh, have been able to make any significant uh, uh, or profound uh, damage in russia but what it does is to remind the Russian population that you are insecure. Ukraine has potential capabilities. And in those cities which are attacked, the real capabilities, 
to hit back and uh, in a way he, this raises a sense among us the russian citizens to also say that he, uh, ukraine has the power to retaliate and the, the the sense of insecurity is taken back to russian institutions as well as the ordinary people and the key figures in russia Gideon Chichanga, thank you very much. Research associate to the African Center for the Study of the United States at the University of Advanced Run.